Welcome to Limitless, the blind beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. This podcast is being brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Limitless was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community, in order to show the world that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the executive director and founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I am your host, Sean Marcelet, and we so appreciate you joining us again this week. Today in British Columbia is the first day back to school. If you are listening to this on the day that this podcast is released, So we're talking about back to school and I've got a few people with me here to have this conversation. So I'd like to welcome Keisha, Randy, and Ella. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Hello. (laughs) So why don't you guys tell, remind our listeners, I think you've all been on the podcast before. So remind our listeners who you are, a little bit about your level of vision, and then what What's your unique situation about going back to school this year? Hi, this is Ella. I am completely blind. I have light perception in my right eye, but that's it. And I, um, I'm going to be going into my very first year at Kwantlen Polytechnic University um, to do general studies because I haven't picked a major yet. And I literally just got out of high school. So this is going to be an adventure. Yeah, that's big. Wow. All right. My name is Keisha and I have RP, retinitis pigmentosa, and I have um, essentially just light perception with, you know, a few added bonuses, if I'm lucky. (laughs) And um, yeah, so uh, I, my unique situation this year, so I'm going into my fifth year of university, hopefully my last year of my bachelor's degree, in tourism management and um but this year is different because i recently was matched with a seeing eye dog um and he is a big handsome german shepherd and so it's it's been a whole you know slew of transitions with that so it's gonna be a new kind of year yes so before before we move on i just wanted to kind of make a note of the whole seeing eye dog mm-hmm. because I feel like people call those dogs seeing eye dogs yours <laughs> is called a seeing eye dog because, because that, yes yeah you tell us. so he so okay so he is a guide dog by trade <laughs> and um but he is so a lot of people will call all guide dogs seeing eye dogs but actually this this dog is actually a seeing eye dog because he was trained through the seeing eye incorporated which is an actual guide dog um, training facility and institution. So uh, he is genuinely a seeing eye dog. <laughs> um, and there's like, there's a whole bunch of guide dog schools throughout North America and throughout the world. There's like guide dogs for the blind, um, guide dog federation, leader dogs, um, all type, all whole bunch. The CNIB now has their own, you know, line of guide dogs, <laughs> line of mm-hmm. guide dogs. I don't think that's the right <laughs> word. But, um, I know what you mean. It's okay. <laughs> but yeah, so Bo is genuinely a seeing eye dog. All right. Was seeing eye like the first guide dog school? Yes. In North, uh, in North America anyway. Um, but yeah, I think it is actually, I think it's the first seeing, um, guide dog school in the world. Right. So that makes yeah. sense. So that's why we all refer to them as seeing eye dogs until yeah. we know better. But yours is truly a seeing eye dog. So I just wanted to clarify that because I didn't want to perpetuate that incorrect term. They are mm-hmm. normally called guide dogs, but okay. Yeah. Sorry. We totally veered off track. <laughs> Randy, tell us about your back to school this year. Well, hello. Um, my name is Randy, and my vision is on the fairly high end of visually impaired. I can read normal prints if I hold it close enough to me, but I usually can't read a street sign across the street. My situation, in contrast, uh, Keisha's been in school for a while. Ella's just going into school. I originally graduated high school in 2012, 
and immediately went, moved to Vancouver and started some sign language courses, uh, still at 17. And since then, I've been working full time, basically. So I haven't been in school in almost 10 years at this point. And yeah. I will be going back to school in January 2022 for medical office administration. So that's, uh, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a shock to your system, perhaps. I don't know if I know how to study. I uh, haven't taken a test in years, really. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I'll manage. And then, of course, I am the parent of a almost eight-year-old who is going into grade three. Uh, and it's not me going back to school, but I, I'm very happy that he's going back to school. We do much better when there's that routine in our family and you know, the, the COVID has, has impacted our lives for sure, especially in those months when he wasn't able to be at school. So just so grateful for school, but I'll share a little bit more as we move through the conversation. Let's talk about last year. So Ella and Keisha, I'm curious, you know, were you doing classes virtually? Were you going in person? What was the situation? Why don't you start Ella? I was in school in person because it was high school. I know that a lot of post-secondary students did everything online, but I was in grade 12 last year. So everything was in person. It was, and it was fully in person. Um, I think I, yes. Okay. I did have one hybrid course, which was partially online, but um, the only online, partially online class um, that I had was the only two classes where I had online components were my math pre-calc 12, which honestly was just tuning into my teacher's um, Google Meet and listening to him stream his lecture or his teaching. And the other one was food class and the online component was really just a few little assignments. So it was really, really anything huge, I guess. But, but the, the one, the bigger difference I would say last year was the fact that instead of taking our classes in semesters or even linear where we had like eight courses running all year round, we took two courses at a time for like 10 weeks. So we would basically have, the, the term was basically split into quarters and the quarter system made like classes either extremely easy or extremely difficult and rushed. Right. And math 12 was like the worst one that okay and science would have not have been great either and I didn't take science last year I'm really happy I didn't because math 12 was absolutely awful on the quarter system it got so bad and then for your first year of post-secondary is it going to be in person or is it going to be virtual I originally signed up for all in-person classes although the way it works is that depending on what the teacher wants to do the class could either be fully in person or fully virtual or in some cases, a mix of both. I, given that I originally signed up for in-person classes, but then um, I mean, I have three classes, but two of them got moved online. So now I have one in-person class and two online classes. All right. So do you have some concerns about virtual? Like what, what would your preference be? It sounds like you, you were hoping for in-person. The reason I was hoping for in person was primarily the social interaction. Mm -hmm. Given that I am so new to the um, the post-secondary landscape and I used to not have a lot of friends. I used to like to isolate myself a lot and I never really felt like connecting with people as much until like the last two years or something just because that's who I am. I only became more interested in socializing like very recently and especially with me going into post-secondary I felt that it would be really important for me to actually become more connected with my classmates because you know this is a new experience and I think I would be more comfortable if I was going through this experience um, knowing that other people are facing some of the same challenges I have that I don't feel alone that I have friends who you know are kind of going through the same thing I think it's just a good feeling Whereas mm -hmm. if I were to do the class online, I mean, I could definitely get through an online class, but I think class discussions are much more fun in person. And that's one of the first reasons. Um, and, and the main reason it's actually mean more social reasons, I would say that in person would probably be, would be more fun for me. It's mainly the social reasons I'd say. Do you find 
that one is more accessible than the other? Is it easier in terms of blindness and accessibility to be in person or virtual? I would say it's about the same. I would say the only thing that might make in-person a little bit more challenging, I guess, would perhaps just be the traveling aspect. But I mean, I have to travel anyway, and I really should work on my ability to travel more independently, although I have been doing those things for years now, like in my orientation ability lessons. But my parents have been like quite protective of me. And so like I have never been able to um, get to school on my own, even during high school. So that's and my college is really close to home. It's like maybe I basically have to walk like five minutes to the bus stop and like take maybe a 15 minute bus ride to get there or something like that. So nice. Yeah. Okay. So really the social aspect is, is what that virtual eliminates. Yeah. It's definitely the social aspect more. Mm -hmm. I would say the social aspect. I mean, given that I, I mean, if you really suck at using technology, you're probably going to hate online learning. And, but for me, since I am good, I guess with technology, that's not really the problem. And with in-person though, for some reason, I think because in-person is maybe a bit more structured at times, I'm probably a bit more inclined to have to retain information a little, a little bit more in in-person learning, but I don't think mm -hmm. online learning necessarily makes that much worse. I'm finding, I mean, I'm not, I haven't taken an online class exactly, but I've attended conferences and lots and lots of meetings on zoom. And I like that I can see who's all in the room because in a classroom, <laughs> you don't really know if everybody's there, who's there. And I don't know. I feel like even the chat that can happen is like something that doesn't necessarily happen face to face because you can pick the person you want to chat to in your list of names, whereas finding them in the classroom might be challenging. So I, I actually feel like in some ways virtual is more accessible, which is really weird. <laughs> I guess I somehow like I guess with in a in an in-person setting you could have a bunch of conversations going on at the same time but like with a virtual zoom meeting you can really only have one conversation per room unless you break out into groups or something so yeah. I guess both have the cons and pros really that's true it's kind of funny I actually uh I say hindsight's the only 2020 I'll ever have but I kind of wish in hindsight that I had looked at school last year when everything suddenly went online because mm. I think it would have been easier for me schedule wise and stuff and well what Ella said is is a good point about like you won't have the socialization as much in the in-person interaction um I feel like it might have just been easier for me to like you know just you know bang 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 my way through mm -hmm. but work was just so crazy <clears throat> excuse me I didn't even have the brain power to think of this at the time yeah um and then like so ironically I live about five minute walk from the new Westminster Douglas College campus which is the college I'm going to however the program I'm taking is only at the Coquitlam campus which is about 45 minutes away from me so it's kind of ironic and a little bit sad but um <laughs> you know, it would eliminate anything online would eliminate commute entirely. And yes. I, you know, I'll admit, I don't know if I know how to make friends anymore. So mm. I'm kind of terrified about that. How do I do that when I get to college again? Yeah. Yeah. It's different as a grown up, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, and it was, <clears throat> it was a strange situation when the first time I did it, cause I was, I was still 17. The next youngest person in my class at um, in the sign language courses was 19 and then there's a bunch of like you know 35 to 50 or well I guess maybe like 25 to 50 year olds so like there were people I hung out with or like worked with in class and stuff or in the cafeteria but it was kind of <clears throat> hard to make friends with people with such an age and experience difference because I'm just like literally walking out of high school mm -hmm. and then most of them are supplementing things or changing careers or just doing it for interest and you know so I, even then I didn't really make friends actually one funny story is I went to my local Safeway um you know probably a year or two ago and was getting something from the counter and the lady behind the counter is like don't I know you did, did we go to 
sign language together and I'm like yeah Maria and she's like oh my god you remembered so who knows how that happened but that was hilarious wow well maybe this time they'll be your age <laughs> maybe I, you'll yeah, fit I'm in. not sure like because it's you know it's office administration are a bunch of high school kids gonna know they want to do that kind of stuff right out of high school or is it going to be mm. mostly people like me going back to school or mm-hmm. adding extra stuff I think I think the majority will be like you that's my guess yeah. but we'll wait and see what happens but yeah <laughs> I'll report back yes Keisha how was school for you last year was it virtual was it in person and what's yeah. the plan this year Last year, we did most of our courses virtually, which was a really interesting and sometimes extremely frustrating learning curve. Um, And actually, it's funny because I, for my degree, I have to take uh, like a number of kind of business math courses. So I had to take accounting. Um, It was the first time I'd ever taken an accounting course. And I took it virtually uh, last semester. And it was... (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I, I passed, which was miraculous. Um, no, <laughs> like I was, I was, I worked really hard, but like it, um, and I got like a tutor and stuff, but like, it was, it was very, um, interesting because there was a lot of like troubleshooting and, and it's already kind of a visual course in some respects. And so, yeah, so it was very interesting. Um, but yes, most, most things were virtual. Um, and everybody kind of had a different platform. <laughs> like uh it was so funny because you'd have profs who were like okay we're gonna use zoom we're gonna use big blue button we're gonna use microsoft teams we're gonna use blue, blue jeans and i'm like my goodness and then there was all these other like little sub platform like all these other like yeah it was it was a time but um now um i did do a little bit of on-campus stuff because i'm in theater and they continued that with a lot of protocols in in person um so i did experience like going out there for that kind of thing um and yeah there there was definitely a lot involved in terms of the protocols which is good this year for school um our we are set tru is set to have a fully in-person like restart um, I think some courses are being offered virtually, but a lot of stuff is going to be in person. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. Okay. So thinking about the protocols and, and all of that, are you, do you have concerns about navigating that with a guide dog while you're still sort of getting used to having a guide dog and definitely, yeah, there's a yeah, lot there, right? There's a lot of learning to be done and, and I, I'm, I'm confident that we will be able to do it. Um, but like, even with a cane, like th- there was interesting protocols that I'm sure we've all probably talked about on here and we've probably all thought about at different times is, you know, like, um, the the spacing thing because we can't see that and neither can the guide dog like the the, i always see these posts that people put up that's like my guide dog can't it doesn't know how to line up in a line um Mm -hmm. they don't know they don't they can't read signs they can't you know they don't know about the arrow thing yeah unless you unless you like train them i guess uh that probably could happen but like the the reality is is they you know, they do what you tell them to do. They are, they have eyes that they use to help you, but they ultimately do what you command them to do. And you need to know your orientation and mobility skills. Um, and so the, yeah, it, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see like, because with a cane and with a guide dog, like, you know, mm, unless I can hear the people maintaining social distance can be challenging. Mm-hmm. Of course, like, you know, I'll mask up and do whatever is required of me um, in order to, you know, help maintain the health of the population. So the, um, but, the, you know, people are, it's going to be, I'm, I'm very interested to see how things go. Like, how are, are we going to have like a lot of like distance lineups? Are we going to have like, I remember walking into the bathroom last year and there's like stalls that are marked off, but mm-hmm. I couldn't tell that. <laughs> so I just went into a stall and then I ha- uh, one of my friends was in there and she's like oh that's actually marked off and I'm like oops 
Yes. <laughs> but like some, some, some facilities will close the doors and then you know that it's, it's um, not to be used. But this particular bathroom, it was like everything was open, but you had to be able to see to know what was marked off or memorize it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so just like little things like that, little visual things um, that will be interesting to navigate, but surely we will be able to problem solve through it and we'll figure out some ways. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. Yeah, even the spacing and like seating. In a, mm-hmm. in a lecture hall or in a classroom or whatever, if it's like every other chair or something, it's, it's yeah. generally some visual representation to show that that doesn't really. Well, and like, and usually in a situation like with, like, I usually, I'm one of those people that will talk to my prof and be like, Hey, can I just have this seat r- over here? Mm-hmm. And, and it just makes my life easier. Cause then I'm not like, you know, clambering through everybody and like, Hey, yes. how's it going uh so it'll probably be another situation like that that's probably a reasonable solution is to be like hey I'm gonna sit over here um you know yeah (laughs) and also it'll it'll be a I'll choose a spot that'll be convenient for both of us Mm -hmm. yeah and then your dog probably will learn that that's your seat in that particular class yeah and I can eventually totally and like um potentially I could also clicker train him to the seat or like Mm -hmm. things like that. And yeah, but he also like, he's very, he always, he's very good at remembering um, places that we frequent. And so he probably will eventually be like beelining to that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what are you guys looking forward to about going back to school? I'm looking forward to like just learning something new because I mean the courses in college are going to be very different from what I do in high school just just the subjects that I'm going to be studying are very different. I definitely have some concerns about like you know I still need to I'm still just I mean I am going to have some orientation to make sure that I'm familiar with the you know getting to the one class that I do have in person but um, just overall, I really do wish to increase my capacity to travel and leave the house without being chained to my parents all the time overall. <laughs> so that that's just something that I just overall kind of need to work on and feel that it is it's gonna be something in progress, but it's just an overall challenge. The other thing that I am concerned about particularly is like maybe something's maybe not being fully accessible with a screen reader either because of maybe the website not being fully accessible I I mean or maybe that there might be charts or tables or graphs or just things like that that are really important I'm not really sure how I'm going to deal with that because I've always had in someone who would braille those things for me so Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm going to deal with that I also like Keisha happened to be taking an accounting class um, I was originally going to take a computer course, but somehow I automatically got dropped because I somehow didn't realize that I didn't have the prerequisite for it, but I found an equivalent course that I should be able to take um, in the second semester, so that'll be okay, but accounting is going to be interesting. I mean, there is a lot of text-based material in my introductory accounting course, but if there is like a lot of like math stuff, I'm not sure how I'm going to deal with that. But like, I honestly don't have any idea right now what that's going to be like. So we'll have to find out. Yeah, that's an let, interesting. Let me know if you need help. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, thanks. Uh, but that's an interesting point because when you're in person in a college or a university, there's usually dis- disabled student services or some sort of disability resource center that you can go to to get some support or at least make an appointment to like, I don't know how that works virtually. I guess you're calling them and you're, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's just not as seamless, right? It's not as simple as like, you're already in the building and you can go talk to them and figure out what you need. And and when you're new, especially if you've never done this before and you're used to having a teacher of the visually impaired and now you're like on your own, but I'm sure you'll figure it out, Ella. <laughs> Yeah, I will. Like, I really have not had that much support. Like, I would say in grade 11 and 12, especially, the only I had really, I would say my support was actually quite minimal, although my EA helped me quite a bit in math, just because out of necessity. And she was the one who did braille things, as I see as it was needed. But I read, like, for most of my course materials, my teachers either sent me like, 
electronic files and even some of my my even my ea actually sent some of my things electronically as well so mm-hmm. keisha what are you looking forward to going back to school i am looking forward to like i really I really love interacting with people in person. Um, I love the classroom atmosphere um, of like collaborating and like coming up with ideas together and kind of just sharing space with each other, like energy and um, yeah, like ideas. I don't know. Like I just find it, it's way more fluid when you're in person um, to be able to interact. And, uh, and I, I miss that side of school. Um I yeah so I'm really looking forward to that um I'm looking forward to um if if things lighten up enough for it to be possible like extracurricular stuff like if I join any clubs or any like committees or anything um I'm interested to to do that um just because I always find it really fun to do that it's exploratory and it yeah I think it's really fun and um I'm just, I don't know, like, I'm, I'm looking forward to studying on campus. Uh, I'm not very, one thing I know about myself is that I, I, I mean, I can study at home. I got through an entire year of doing it, but um, I do best when I'm not studying at home because home has all the distractions and all the, yeah. you know, procrastination that you can do that feels useful, but you're still procrastinating. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but like what I love going onto campus, like there's nothing better than just like getting a cup of tea and just going and setting up in the, you know, a study space. Like I love, like we have a, a particular building on campus where I like to go set up and I will literally sit there after class and work for hours and it's just, uh, it's focused and I miss that. I miss that space and um, ability to just just hunker down and get a bunch of work done um, undistracted. Um, so yeah, I, I look forward to those aspects for sure. I think what you said about the extracurricular, I mean, that's a big part of university is the mm-hmm. clubs and the extracurricular. That's part of the whole experience, right? So yeah, when that's not happening, you're that, that's a loss for sure. Totally. What about you, Randy? What are you looking forward to? Well, you know, or are you? <laughs> I, I know, right? Uh, it's so easy right now to think of all the things I'm nervous about or mm-hmm. worried about or apprehensive about. So it's hard to find good things <laughs> at the moment. But I mean, I'm of course hoping I'll come out with some new friends. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the main thing is more of a like large scale idea of uh, how it's going to change, you know, my life when I'm completed, right. Um, you know, I'll be able, there'll be a lot more job opportunities open for me. This is a career that will always be in demand at least until they actually have human equivalent robots or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everywhere I could go anywhere with this, if I wanted to move somewhere, if I wanted to be in a small town, big city, you know, um, could work for hospitals or, or just private offices or like specialists and stuff like that. So, um, I'm just, uh, I've mostly worked in retail, customer service, uh, food service industry. And, you know, you can certainly make Mm. a good career out of those in some situations, you know, people work their way up to management and stuff like that, but I'm just kind of tired of it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Sounds like yeah. you've put a lot of thought into the choice. I, so most of us just think, what do I want to do? <laughs> and don't necessarily look at, well, I, I shouldn't say most of us. I feel like I, I'll speak for myself. I, I think I always knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to work with blind children. Well, that wasn't exactly a career that gave, you know, there wasn't a lot of opportunities or choices. In that. There isn't a set course list for that necessarily. Yeah, exactly. So I wasn't thinking of my job prospects. I wasn't thinking of sort of the future or anything like that. It was just like, this is what I want to do. So I think that's yeah. great that you're, you're considering well, all of that. Cause I've like, kind of I've been through that a couple of times where like for years I was sure I wanted to be a vet and then I had some experiences where I was like "Mm, maybe I need to reconsider that 
And then I wanted to be a sign language interpreter, which is why I took the sign language courses. And about halfway through that, I'm like, okay, uh, at least the way this is going now, because this was um, sign language for you know, averagely sighted deaf individuals, mm-hmm. um, not deaf blind, because then it's a different type of, they use tactile sign, which is, you mm-hmm. know, hand over hand kind of touching. This was just somebody watching you across a room. Um, and that wasn't working for my vision level to be able to follow that because it was really um, like some schools have French immersion where almost everything's taught in French. This was everything was taught in sign language, oh. except for our English class. Um, and so it was visually very exhausting and I was getting migraines way too frequently. And like, you know, in high school, as the teachers to explain something, I can close my eyes and follow along still. Mm-hmm. Uh, you really can't like you blink for too long and you've missed half of a sentence and you you're lost in the context <laughs> so yeah. um I'm glad I took it because it was very interesting and I can still stumble through if I you know I've used it a couple times at a couple of different jobs where somebody came in and was asking for they were asking for a pen and paper and I'm like oh well actually I sign if you go slowly you know mm-hmm. so um but yeah so it's something I could always revisit and look at I don't know if there's a different course for something like a deafblind interpreter but or I think they might be interveners but yes. um that's you know the whole core the whole mind course plan of my life had to shift again and so then I was like well I don't have the money out of the time I'm not going to just take a bunch of courses till I figure something out mm-hmm. and so you know that's where I've kind of been in work for a while and looking at a few different ideas and um you know I you know should look at my options and desires for a career with my vision level now but it's also hard to not think ahead of um my vision is basically guaranteed to get worse but that is true of everybody's eyes um I was told by an ophthalmologist uh assistant uh, that basically you have if you have no other problems with your eyes you basically have until you're 35 and then they, that's like the peak and then they start slowly going downhill for everybody so hmm. um you know so something that can it would be great idea if i picked a career now that i could still continue if my vision declines mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and i've also had a lot more years now to figure out perspective as opposed to when I was straight out of high school. So more of the situation I'm in where it is more of future as opposed to just in the moment. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about vision related concerns about returning. We've kind of mentioned, I guess, some of the things, but I have a question and I'm at not at all an anti-masker. So, (laughs) but I do find that when I'm wearing the mask, my mobility is impacted. My ability to kind of, I think I really use echolocation a lot. We haven't really talked about echolocation too much on the podcast yet, but basically I, it's, I use what I can hear to help me orient to my environment. And with the mask on, it really has impacted my ability to interpret what's around me. I'm just curious, Keisha or Ella, have you found that? In my particular case, I guess I don't, because I can usually tell if there's something, if I can see light reflecting off the wall or something. So sometimes like since I have light perception, I can maybe sort of tell in front of me that there's something because there's light bouncing off of it. So I maybe don't need to tongue click or like as much some for some reason, which I mean, I guess I do it occasionally, which it's kind of weird. So I don't necessarily think a mask necessarily ruins my ability to to orient myself per se. Because it doesn't necessarily impact my hearing. So Hmm. and I can't and I and since my eyes aren't covered, I can see I can see the light bouncing off of something. But I think if I didn't have light perception though. I think the impact would be much bigger, probably. What about you, Keisha? I personally don't find a huge impact um, yeah. in terms of my my vision stuff. So uh, I don't uh, echolocate very often. Um, I pro- I would be I should probably learn a bit more about that. But um, 
but yeah, so I, I don't know. It, it doesn't really seem to impact too much for me because mainly, I mean, mainly just muffles things like when I'm talking or when other people are talking. I, cause I can see light as well, but I, I just feel not as aware. Like, I don't know, like there's a barrier, a little bit of a barrier between me and what I'm, what's around me. It's, it's like, it's like somebody's put a blindfold on me, which is very ironic. Um, <laughs> and I still know where I am and I still know what's supposed to be there, but I'm just not seeing it. I'm not finding it as quickly or efficiently or easily. I don't know. So, I mean, I'm, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And the more you do it, I guess you get used to it, but I guess because I don't go out every single day because I don't have to, because I'm working from home a lot too, I I'm not getting to practice it as much either. So, all right. So other things that might impact us or you specifically back at school, like, okay, I'm assuming some university campuses are going to have, there's like these, these plexiglass shield things that didn't used to be there wherever you're talking to somebody behind a counter or a desk or something. Um, have you guys encountered that? Yes. <laughs> so you're, you're like talking through plastic at people. Yeah. Um, it's hard to, I, I even had that experience at a restaurant where there was the plexiglass so that, you know, they're kind of sliding your plate around the side of it onto the table, but it's, it's protecting them from talking <laughs> at you. And it's already hard in a restaurant to know when it's your turn to order when you're the person who's blind. Um, but now they're like talking to you through plastic, <laughs> which I my, just was like, oh, this uh, is interesting. My favorite part about that, as I'm sorry, I just have to say this now. <laughs> well, I don't have to, but um, is like, so often you'll see that at like a, a checkout. And I, for the life of me, always, for some reason, like, I always like can't figure out where the heck the the debit machine is like yes. the, where like to find the whole so I'm just like scanning along I'm like hey where's the debit machine <laughs> and also it's funny because now I have the added bonus of because I don't carry a cane very much on me anymore um, and I have a dog and not everybody associates you know guide dogs with sight loss so a lot of people say to me you don't look blind anymore mm -hmm. um so I'm like, oh yeah, just uh, FYI, I, I'm actually blind. <laughs> um, so could you give me like I obviously say it respectfully. I'm like, uh, do you mind giving like letting me know where the debit machine is? And they're usually like, yeah, yeah, we're here, you know. And I'm like, can you tap it? <laughs> yeah, but it's always like a fun struggle. I I always encounter that in the cabs um, when I take a taxi, and they're like trying like there's like a weird little hole for the thing and I'm always like reaching over reaching under <laughs> <laughs> I know yeah. and you're supposed to not be touching but then they end up having to sort of touch your hand or give you something in your hand or like all the things that you're supposed to avoid doing just get thrown out the window because you're just lost right yeah. like yeah the funny thing is that I'm usually the person on the other side of that counter and barrier right and, like you know, I haven't run into any, you know, blind people to direct to something, but, uh, you know, you basically have to like, sh or you, you at least feel like you have to shout to be heard between a mask <laughs> and a giant thick piece of plastic. Yes. Um, especially at, I'm, I'm working a second job right now as a receptionist for a few weeks and like, you know, it's a, it's a huge, it used to be a liquidation store. So it's, it's this big concrete floored empty room that they're just kind of building an office in temporarily. And like it's already really loud and hard to hear people. And then people don't always talk loud enough from the other side. And then if you lean around it, you kind of defeat the point of it, mm -hmm. you know, but you know, everyone's wearing masks. So it's, you know, sometimes I still just run around the other side. And last night there were, uh, they were like literally assembling a wall kind of behind me. So there was like drills going off and construction kind of noises and I'm on the phone and, and then people are coming in and I'm just like, just holding up, holding up a finger at them. I'm just like, hang on a second. Let me just run around. <laughs> um, yeah. We talked, you talked a little bit Keisha about the, like not, not being able to see the arrow, the directional travel, the spacing apart in a lineup, all those kinds of things. Definitely. That is 
still a challenge. I don't, I haven't figured out a blind technique to <laughs> figure that out. And I'm assuming that will be the situation at a, at a campus, any campus. I reckon. Yeah. So one thing that I really miss, I used to occasionally, not all the time, but probably once a week, I would either drop my son off at school or pick him up. And really ever since COVID, I haven't done that because you know, there's like the parents are supposed to stay in a certain area. And then we're also supposed to space apart from each other. And, and really the whole point, the reason I enjoyed doing it was so that I could connect with other parents and have chats with other moms and, you know, see the, the mom friends that I know and kind of catch up a little bit. So given that you're not really allowed to do that, or you haven't been allowed, there's no point in my <laughs> taking him. So my husband's taken him and we've had kind of like, there's a bunch of kids in our complex in the same class. So kind of this rotating schedule of different parent does it every day of the week. But um, I don't, I don't anticipate I'll be doing a lot of the pickups and drop-offs this year either, because it sounds like the situation at our elementary school at least is kind of going to be the same. Parents are not really welcome in the school. It's by appointment only. Um, we're supposed to kind of maintain distance and all of that. So I look forward to that day when life can return and I can, you know, just be a normal parent dropping off their kid, connecting with other people again, because I miss that. Have you guys found a difference in other people offering help to you? since COVID? Not really for me. I think if, if one person really needed to help me, like they would, I guess they would kind of still guide me. I mean, we would all be masked and stuff, but other than that, not really. And especially, I think especially over the summer, since a lot of physical distancing rules got a little bit relaxed, especially when I was attending music camp and rehearsals, it was kind of the same as pre-COVID, I think. Okay. I've had a similar experience uh, with people offering assistance. Um, I don't find them. I don't. I don't find people have like offered less. Like and um, which is is like on one hand a relief because you know when I do need assistance, you know it's it's great when I can just be like, hey, like do you mind if I like you know take your arm or whatever? And like I'll remain masked or like I'll sanitize mm -hmm. before I touch their arm or whatever they want me to do in order to the people are generally pretty pretty nice and like helpful um and uh, on the other side of the coin I still have people who run up and grab me from time right. to time <laughs> um and uh I'm like don't okay. do that people. I'm like especially not now but yeah. you know never yeah. do that always ask but um <laughs> so yeah so you've got still both sides of the coin I am finding a little less of that, the whole grabbing, um, but it might just be that there's just less people on public transit now. <laughs> it's, it's not the full ridership that it used to be. So I'm not, or maybe it's because I'm not traveling as much too. So mm. it just doesn't feel like it used to happen multiple times a day, whereas now it might not happen on a particular route. So I feel like that's success. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Does anybody have anything else they want to add? Speaking to the community thing, like the career thing that Randy was talking about, like I'm definitely in that situation where, you know, she's, you know, I'm an 18 year old and I don't really know what I want to do. Like, and she was concerned about the career prospects. I am too. Like, I don't really know what I want to do. And I don't really know if I'll end up with something where the career prospects will be any good. Like, for example, if I could major in something just because I want to, there is no question that major would be music performance. There's no question about that. However, with me not being very interested in teaching and with me and, and the fact that the music performance industry is so freaking competitive, it just did not seem like a very stable career. So I was like, well, I can just keep playing as an amateur. That's probably gonna be better. And I'm sure I could probably find something that I will like and that will be more stable than, you know, a music career. I mean, I, it's not like music is the only thing I want to do. I mean, if, if music really truly turns out to be the only thing I really want to do, I could consider majoring in music later, but 
um, and I mean, plus this year honestly would not have been a good time for major music because of COVID. But um, like with the music career, music industry just being so competitive, like and stuff, I just decided that it wasn't wouldn't necessarily be the most viable career option. As much as I love playing my instruments, I'm sure although amateur opportunities are a bit maybe they're harder to find, but they exist. I really think that just from a career standpoint, I just felt that a career in music just wouldn't be super stable. But I mean, there's also music technology, but I feel like the education needed to do that is extremely different. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's tough, tough to balance the like sort of the, your interest with what's going to be the best job prospects too. So I hear you. Keisha, what were you going to say? I was just going to go off because, um, you know, as the, the representative for a person going back to school with a guide dog for the first time, like, yeah, um, I don't know if anybody like, would it be of interest to, to anybody if I shared some of my ideas on how to make it a successful experience? Yes, <laughs> for sure. Okay. Please tell us. How can, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, um, I, you know, I had a few concerns, um, one of them being, you know, the attention of people because the great thing about having an adorably handsome guide dog is everybody wants to pet him mm-hmm. um and uh weirdly enough being even though he's a big german shepherd nobody's i've had very few experiences of people being afraid of him so mm-hmm. i'm like come on man look a little scarier um <laughs> But um, yeah, so anyway, um, so I'm like, okay, that's my biggest concern is all the distractions, people petting him, people calling him, people disrespecting my boundary of don't touch while he's on harness. And so like, I had some ideas because I was like, it's going to also be exhausting, constantly educating every day, all day, while I'm trying to do this full course load and juggle a lot of things. So I was like, okay, well, how can I educate the masses? in a swoop so I had a couple ideas which was like one of them is is to create like a poster to put up around the campus um and the other thing is um to get in touch with like the TRU social media um pages and just be like can can I just put this post up here um and the post being like okay here is guide dog etiquette like I want to just I want to just feature him instead of me because I don't want to be quite frankly I don't want to be like you know poster. the poster child or or like <laughs> yes. followed around or like oh my gosh there's the I mean the people are gonna be like oh there's there's a girl with a guide dog anyway but I would rather just have as little attention as possible so I figure if I just feature him there might be less chance of that becoming an issue or anything and then he then just be like if you you know um this is a guide dog if you see him don't you know here's the here's the top tips of etiquette when encountering a guide dog um and then of course like i fully expect to you know talk step in front of my class and be like hey guys you know he's gonna be here and um so here's some tips and please respect them and the other thing is i've already reached out to professors and been like hey just so you guys know i will be attending your classes with my guide dog and um just be prepared for that and whatever you, whatever like questions I can answer or clarify for you, I'm happy to do so. And um, yeah, so it'll be it'll be super interesting. Um, and then like of course you know, I guess the other challenge is like making sure I'm I'm scheduling his like bathroom times, like park times, mm-hmm. and um, around my courses, and making sure he's getting all his his needs met as well like his biological needs and just go and do that and I, I don't think that'll be an issue at all like I think we'll I already know that there's lots of you know little zones we can go and find to use for those purposes and like um just like in terms of scheduling doing that and making sure and the, the other thing is like I tend to pull really long days on campus just because that's how it works with classes and then followed by study or if I'm um, in a show or if I'm doing like extracurricular and so, you know, I have to make sure to like really pack for him. And that's the thing, like um, for guide dog handlers across the board, typically um, some people don't carry much stuff, but a lot of us carry a bunch of stuff for our dogs. That's just the reality. Like you've got your bowl and you've got snacks and you got 
poop bags and yeah. you got you know all the equipment that you need so just making sure that all that is is organized and um yeah and uh it's actually been really interesting like working with him this summer because I have you know I was work I was working in a pretty you know active job doing like kids theater and he you know um he's like a protective guy and like he gets a little anxious when I'm getting jumping around and stuff so it's like having to figure out how to like um calm him and like give him a, an environment so that he felt secure and stuff as well like he's he's like a big baby <laughs> a big smart baby but yeah so um so yeah so there's lots to consider and um but I definitely think that we will adjust and it'll just get easier with time and yeah. um I'm a hundred percent overthinking everything too because that's what I do but <laughs> um <laughs> but I feel like it's better to be over prepared than under prepared mm-hmm. so definitely yeah. Well, I wish you all lots of luck back to school. I hope that it all goes well. And I look forward to hearing how it goes. Um, (laughs) But yeah, thank you for being here and sharing and celebrating back to school day with all of us. Thank you all as well. Thanks. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please like, subscribe, share our podcast with a friend, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca and also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time.